It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, alongside Joey Medora on this 28th day of October, 606 on the clock and 56 degrees and mostly cloudy outside here in southeast Ohio. It's a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, and it is brought to you by J&K Contracting. We welcome Joey Medora back onto the program after a little bit of a hiatus on Monday. Aye, aye. And, uh, well, I mean, you weren't even here on Friday. Or so, Tuesday. Yeah. It's Wednesday. It's, uh, it's been a while, but, uh, of course, you, you missed the heartbreak over the weekend. You, oh, I didn't miss it. I was listening, and I saw the videos. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mention wow. it too much because, you know what, it is Wednesday. It is hump day. We eventually have to get over that hump, and we have to move forward. Yeah. And we look forward to, I mean, to having Tomcat still on the radio, but <laughs> I'm still, it's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, I mean, I don't have probably anything else to offer that nobody has already uh, said before, but, my God, that... <laughs> I've seen a lot of football in my life. That might have been the most uh, egregious call on any kind of pass, any kind of penalty I have ever seen. I mean, I was listening to you guys on the broadcast because I saw it was coming down to it. I saw they took a scored a touchdown to take the lead there, so I, I tuned in on my phone for for a quick second, gave you guys that uh, that extra rating there. There you go. And uh, yeah, I was listening, and then I, it just uh, you know Heath sounded so appalled by the call, so the, you know, and of course you know. Sometimes, you know, the buck, he's a Buckeye, graduated from there, played there. You don't know if he's being a little, you know, biased. And then the next uh, the clip comes out, I mean, and I was like, wow. And this, because, was, again, uh, it, it, because you missed it, Critter McDonald had the interception before then. And yeah. we shouldn't have even gotten to, right. to fourth down and ten. Right. That, should, that situation should have never happened. Yeah, it's, and just, then, it's just a shame. On top of that, and we got we still got a good program coming up for you. We got Russ Hupman talking about the Bengals. He'll be on the airwaves about 6.15. We'll you know, talk uh, Cincinnati. It's got a, a good game coming up this week. Uh, what is it, Titans? Cincinnati and, uh, and uh, Tennessee. Yeah. But... Uh, I got this message because I did the post over in the WXTQ Sports Facebook page. It had the preview. It had you know everything on there. And then earlier today, Brett Taylor had, uh, about five hours ago, he put in a screenshot. And it's you know, a Buckeye fan who reaches out to ESPN's Mike Golick. And Golick actually responds to this thing. And, and Golick says, quote, who the heck did they call that on? They say uh, the kid that intercepted the pass. Golick says, shame, sure, didn't look like it. Now, I mean, Mike Golick's opinion is no different than my opinion, no different than, uh, than Joey's opinion. But, you know, it's, it's again. Uh, I mean, that, it's no different than, any, than the Feral and Dragons yeah. opinion at that point. And, I mean. At this point, it's just making noise now. But because, to my knowledge, there isn't anything that we can yeah, do about it. Right. But you know, it's still nice to see call. that we have another opinion in our, in our favor here. Yeah. A expert opinion at that. Yeah. He gets paid a lot of money to, to have opinions. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat that, that he responded. And, of course, obviously, it's, it, it's again, it, yeah, that, it just, that it call. Just, it just, it's just really unfortunate for the for the seniors on that team. And also, I mean, the whole team in general, to battle back the way they did in the fourth quarter. I mean, a lot of teams could have laid down and quit in that game. But they just kept kept coming back, kept coming back. And, you know, it also, what 
you know, they would have had a home game this week if they go on to win that. It's just, it's just a, a lot of unfortunate events, um, you know. And, of course, I think people are trying to send in videos, and you know. But what can you do at this point? The call's been made, the game's been played, and it's over. Uh, so, Yeah, it, it, I wish there was something that we could do. I, I do. And I spent all, mo- most of what I talked about on Monday without you was, you know, Nelsonville, York. And then yesterday, talked a little bit more about it, you know, broke down a little bit of the Tomcats, had uh, J.L. Kervin on, the sports editor of the Post. He was talking about the Bobcats in, in the upcoming season. Uh, of course, press release and the preview is out for Ohio as they get ready for Central Michigan. Uh, we'll be talking about that and have J.L. on the program more often, breaking down the Bobcat games. We'll have him on weekly, um, just like we'll have you know, Russ Heltman on weekly for the Bengals. But, I mean, even the Bobcats, I mean, there's a, some optimism, and we saw uh, there was a... I guess now delayed season preseason poll. And I don't know what changed from the beginning of the year to now here, Joe, but you had coaches with one vote for Ohio. The Ohio's in third for this preseason poll. They were in first before the pandemic. I don't know how they dropped down to third. But that's not, neither here nor there. Maybe the first time around they just saw they still had a Rourke at quarterback and they thought maybe Nathan was <laughs> back again. And so they were like, well, they're definitely going to do it. Now they uh, reevaluated and figured it out. But, um, yeah, they, they learned that it's not the same Rourke. But, I mean, come on. They, they didn't realize that he, he got drafted up to Canada? Right. Yeah, um, I mean, you, he's a type of guy where you would you'd think you would know when he's a senior. That way you wouldn't have to worry about him anymore. But uh, Yeah, you'd think. But uh, either way, the, the other... Yeah, that's interesting how that, how that shifted so much there. Uh, you, know, you know, no injuries or anything like that have been announced. Right. There. So, I, and I... I to me, I, I don't get it. We'll talk about it a little bit after uh, Russ joins the program at 6.15. But, uh, again, the most baffling thing was that Akron, Akron, who was awful, they were a, a, a bad football team last year. Someone gave them a first-place vote. I don't know what coach thought that Akron was going to be the number one team in the Mid-American Conference this year, but someone did, and... Uh, they were last. Everybody else put them last. I, I uh, you yeah, know, they stink. I'm jealous of their optimism right there, because if, if they think that Akron can go out there and do it, listen, maybe they can. I, it, was I don't... Probably, it was probably their coach, it was Tom Arth, uh, <laughs> who is currently entering his second season without a victory. So, yeah, it's a bold, so, bold take there. Yeah, I'm very bold take. You've got to go from last to first uh, in, in a matter of seconds at it. Right, in one this, year. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, later on, we'll talk a little bit about the Dodgers uh, and Justin Turner, the, the whole situation surrounding that. Uh, Dodgers do win their first World Series title since 1988. Clayton Kershaw and the rest of those guys who have been on that roster for a while uh, finally get that World Series title. Uh, so I am no longer rooting for the Dodgers for the next about uh, 30 years. <laughs> you know, uh, Unless, depending on the team. I mean, if it's Dodgers-Yankees, then I'll, I'll still go Dodgers. But uh, I'm happy the Dodgers got their one. Now, make room for the Rays, make room for Cincinnati, make room for, for other teams in baseball. Uh, I want to see them win one. They've had a dominant stretch here without having to win one. Uh, of course, Dave Roberts, good manager, nice manager. Justin Turner has been in the league for a while. Uh, you know, I was happy to see him you know, get a, a World Series title and be able to hoist it over his head, even though he came back and tested positive twice for COVID-19. <laughs> uh, he, he still got the touch of trophy. And so. they all celebrated together. That, that was, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that one yeah, later. We'll, we'll talk about it um, later. We'll have that's a interesting. But yeah. that was a that was a great series. All six games were really close. Uh, 
Dave Roberts done a really good job at outmanaging himself in World Series, but uh, it was Kevin Cash who made the, the the bonehead move this time. I just, and again, we'll get into it, but I can't believe he pulled Blake Snell from that game last night. There's a conspiracy theory, uh, and, and I'll mention it later on in the program. But right now, Russ Heltman joins us on the program, Sports Illustrator, all Bengals. Russ, you know, it's good to have you back on the program. Unfortunately, it was not a win this past weekend. Oh, man, I, what is it now, One fifty-five and one with, with teams, you know, leading into that? Um, I, I forget the stat, but it, it was they're, they're on the bad side of history here, Russ. Um, but they make a move. They trade for an offensive lineman. Uh, Carlos Dunlap is now with Seattle. I mean, things are, are changing a little bit here for Cincinnati, and, of course, you had some excellent play by Joe Burrow. But, Russ, first of all, how are you doing? Fantastic, Connor, fellas. Great to be with you on this uh, this fine Wednesday evening here in the Great Buckeye State. Yeah, and, and you know it is a little bit cloudy outside. It's a little, 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 glum, little gloomy around here today. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, let's let's start with the Dunlap trade. That's the most recent thing. And I saw you posted an article about you know Carlos Dunlap after that game on Sunday. Dunlap had, I guess it was on Twitter. It was on Instagram. I mean, he said that he had some kind of apartment that was open for rent. And only serious inquiries uh, to, to reach out to him. You saw this move coming a mile away, didn't you? It had to happen, Connor and uh, and Joey. Good to be with you, boys, both on this this great Wednesday night. It's just kind of sad, honestly. It was one sack away from tying uh, from tying the all-time franchise sack record. Two sacks away from breaking it. Just the way this ended, you never like to see it. Carlos Dunlap was, I think, speaking for many Bengals fans here and people that cover the team, one of the most beloved, well-liked players throughout the past decade of Bengals football. He'll go down as one of the greatest to ever strap it up as a defensive end for this franchise, but like so many other relationships, like almost every relationship in professional sports and especially the NFL, this one ended on sour terms, but the Bengals didn't have to cut him, thankfully. They got some compensation in return, a seventh-round pick, along with backup center-slash-guard B.J. Fenney, who uh, curiously signed, I think, an $8 million contract this offseason with the Seahawks, but they never actually played him in a game. I don't know if that means bad things for him as a, uh, in terms of not being able to get on the field or if it just means they had a, uh, a well-stocked to get position group at center and guard and they just ended up not needing him. But Finney and over 1,000 snaps uh, of time in the, in the NFL over the past five, six years, He's been rather decent, graded in the low 70s by Pro Football Focus for the majority of his playing time. So the Bengals get a nice, not necessarily a nice piece, but some kind of warm body in return for Carlos Dunlap at a position they really need some extra help in right now, seeing as all the injuries are happening to the offensive line. And, you know, the, the stat that, you know, I was, I was referencing you know, earlier was, uh, yeah, prior to, to the game on Sunday, Teams that scored at least 33 points and had zero punts were 55 and 0 in the Super Bowl era. Now 55 and 1, uh, obviously not good. And on the bad side of a couple trends here recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got another one for you guys too. Heading into this game, teams that had taken a 21 point lead, 21 to nothing lead, in the first half the week prior and lost, were on an 11 game win streak in the following <laughs> game. The Bengals ended that streak. Oh uh, man. <laughs> It's again. I, it will take a while to get Cincinnati to where they need to be. Obviously, we did not expect this team to go out there, make the postseason, 
and compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and compete with the Seahawks and and the Ravens. And I, I don't know what's going to happen against the Steelers. I mean, that game should be interesting. And that game got flexed on November 15th. Um, but you, know, you make this trade. Thankfully, you were able to get something from Carlos Dunlap. It's not going to be like a Jets and Le'Veon Bell situation where you gave him all that money and you don't get anything in return. Uh, so at least you get something for Carlos Dunlap. And that offensive line got banged up last game, Russ. I mean, you had different guys uh, mixing and matching, you know, kind of just filling holes. And overall, I thought they did a nice job. Offensive line has been, I don't want to say stellar, but very competent over the past month, fellas. I, I was kind of banging this drum through the first three weeks of the season when they were mixing guys in, you were benching players and moving people to different spots and yada, 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 so much turnover every week. I was just thinking, these guys aren't very talented. At the minimum, can you give them some consistent groupings? Can you give them some consistent snap sets where they can go two, three, four weeks as a complete unit? But obviously the injury gods have thrown a little wrench in that over the past uh, past few days and on Sunday as well when I believe they had multiple offensive linemen go down on the same play. Joe Burrow was quoted this week saying he didn't even notice when or where guys were going in and out of the lineup. He said he was honestly uh, thrilled with how the line played because he didn't notice much drop-off from one starter going out to a backup coming in. So got to tip your cap to, to Jim Turner. We, we've ripped him pretty hard, and we've ripped this offensive line ad nauseum over the first six weeks of the year but over the past two they've figured some things out now we'll see what happens uh, against tennessee who does not get pressure at a very high rate it might be just what the doctor ordered for a offensive line that could really use some extra help at this point especially on the injury front russ they had you know in the game on sunday against cleveland you know you have five guys have five or more catches so you know burrow's been able to really distribute it to a lot of guys here these past couple weeks you know how encouraging is that for such a young guy to not, you know, lock in on one guy and go to him every single play. He's able to spread the ball around with, with, with great success. It's been unbelievable what we've seen from Joe Burrow, fellas. 406 yards this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. First rookie in Bengals history to ever had a 400-yard passing game. There was, of course, the 400-plus yards, three-plus TDs, and a rushing TD. First rookie to ever do that as well. And he, like you mentioned, Joey, he's moving the ball around a lot of different receivers. That's what I've loved so far throughout this uh, this season from the Bengals' passing attack. Like I'm looking at it right now. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players with double-digit targets this season. And the biggest thing for me has been the burgeoning monster trio over the past two weeks. It's actually what I'm writing about right now of Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and A.J. Green. The uh, the old Wiley veteran finally got the, the train back on the tracks. They're, they're running a lot more tight, closer to the line of scrimmage routes, getting him to come back to the line of scrimmage on comebackers, and just having him utilize his big, strong body and his veteran skill set, his savvy, to his advantage. So I've liked that adjustment from Zach Taylor, and I've loved the ability for Joe Burrow to spread the ball around. But in particular, this past weekend, him keying in on Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green and T. Higgins was a big reason why he ultimately led the game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, but the defense let him down. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I, I don't know if you heard, but we, we were talking a little bit earlier in the ball uh, in, in the program, and so we were talking about Nelson Williwark, and, and I don't know if you saw that on WXTQ Sports Facebook page. I don't know if you were in there, but there was heartbreak for people here in Southeast Ohio on a Saturday. 
And then mm-hmm. people who are feral and refs, they always do it. They always do it, Connors. Mm-hmm. Feral and refs every time. Yeah. I mean, you were here when probably right when when Fairland and Athens and, and that whole debacle went down. Yes, yeah, I remember that. I remember vividly. Lucas was on the Lucas. I think thing was on the call that game. He was. Uh, he gave him gave him his two sets. <laughs> <laughs> when does he not? <laughs> um, so, but. The, the point is, you know, heartbreak on Saturday and then heartbreak on Sunday if you were a Cincinnati fan because, you know, again, they, it was 27 seconds for the Buckeyes and, and they, you know, the reps and everything of that, but they, they wound up losing the game. Then on Sunday, a minute six, you know, you had 66 seconds to go in the ball game and Cincinnati could not close out, could not finish. How do you let Baker Mayfield, you know, throw 22 completions in, in that uh, ever since the first quarter. Guys, it's just something about Baker. He, he, he cooks it up against these Cincinnati Bengals. Five and one in his career. And he's basically the second coming of Peyton Manning whenever he gets to uh, gets to suit up against the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. For me, it's, uh. it's unbelievable Like what he did. I tweeted in the beginning of this game. He started off 0 for 5 with an interception. Then... Uh, Odo Beckham Jr. goes out of the game with the uh, unfortunate ACL tear. He just starts lighting it up. Has a career day for Richard Hollywood Higgins. They go on to just bludgeon the Bengals' defense. He lights it up for almost 300 yards, well over 10 yards per attempt. He was highly efficient. Sets the completion, the consecutive completion record for Cleveland Browns quarterback history, uh, taking over Kelly Holcomb. I mean, yeah, Kelly Holcomb from about 12 years ago. I think Holcomb set that record in a game against the Bengals. Something something about quarterbacks in this rivalry seemed to get a little weird. But Baker just kind of keying him in on him a little bit. 5-1 and one against Cincinnati, but he's 12-18 and 18 against the rest of the NFL. He's got an 83 passer rating against the teams not located in the Queen City and 111 passer rating against Cincinnati. He doesn't get to play them every week, unfortunately, for Baker Mayfield. But when you look at the Bengals, it just goes to show you, ever since Baker has entered the league, they've had a bottom three defense. And arguably, it's it's not even arguable at this point. This has been the worst three-year stretch of defense in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and I mean, looking ahead to Sunday, Russ, you know, you got to... I mean, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I mean, this is a brutal stretch of your schedule right now, and, you know, it's just you got to keep on trucking through it. But, you know, this Tennessee team, they're coming off a game where, you know, they got off to a slow start against Pittsburgh, had a good second half, and ultimately, you know, obviously lost on the, on the missed kick by uh, Gostowski, who's had, uh, had some struggles throughout the year this year. But, you know, that, mm-hmm. you're, you're coming into this game against another team that's going to be hungry for a victory. And, uh, you know, their defense has been vulnerable at times, though. So do you think there's going to be some uh, matchups that the Bengals can uh, take advantage of? Because we know this offense, obviously, is capable of scoring points when they need to. I would be shocked if we don't see another uh, another efficient day from Burrow. I'm not going to project. We don't know what the game script's going to bring in terms of yards and, and how much they're going to have to rely on him to keep the ball moving through the air. But I would highly expect Joe Burrow to once again turn in an eight yards per attempt or better performance, one of which he's done, which he's done three of his past four games, which is just incredible. This season, when, when quarterbacks average eight yards per attempt, they win 71% of their games. Obviously, the Bengals uh, have only won one of those contests, which Burrow has been over that number. And that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the only team, get this, fellas, the Jaguars are the only team in the NFL to lose games to rookie quarterbacks this season. They threw, a, threw us off the stench, guys, in week one against the Colts, but the Jaguars, 
are very, very bad. But getting back well, to the Tennessee Titans. Well, I mean, well, I mean Russ, they released every good football player they had before the season started. So <laughs> It's true. It's, t- it's tough to compete when you, when you cut, a, cut, off, cut off all the pipeline at times. Right. But when I look at this, this Tennessee defense, not great, guys. They're, they really don't have anybody that can get after the quarterback. They don't create pressure at a very high rate. They're giving up uh, 25.5 points per game. It's just not, not necessarily a very daunting cornerback group. They don't have that shutdown guy that you're going to be able to put on a T. Higgins or a Tyler Boyd or an A.J. Green to take them out of the game. So chalk me up for another strong day out of Joe Burrow, and he continues his march towards that Rookie of the Year trophy, one of which it seemingly will be a dead heat with Justin Herbert down the stretch of this year. Yeah, it seems like those two are going to really be competing uh, for that uh, you know, Rookie of the Year. And, mm-hmm. as you and one more thing, guys. Yeah. The Titans have the worst third-down defense in the NFL. It's crazy to think because they're 5-1, and one, but they are 32nd out of 32 teams in third-down conversion rate allowed on defense. That's not something you want to want to be ranked low in against the guy in Joe Burrow who is going to be licking his, licking his lips, licking his chops going up against that defense. Right. And I was, I'm surprised that the Jets aren't, aren't below uh, the Titans. Are they, are they the 31st team? Or they, uh... I don't have it actually right right in front of me right now, but I, the Jets, I would imagine, are, are, are pretty well well low in the rankings. But <laughs> the, defense, hey, the defense has not been as bad as the offense, I will say that. If hey, I'm going to give yeah. the Jets any, yeah. any praise, the defense has not been as bad. Hey, man, Jets cover the spread this week. I guess Cowboys, the... only team left not to cover. Go figure. Jeez. <laughs> but back, back to Burrow and to Herbert, I mean, Right now, the numbers for Joe, 195 for 293, 2,023 yards, nine touchdowns, but five interceptions. Uh, Joe's not been known to be a guy who throws a whole lot of interceptions. And as I was listening to the game on Sunday, it seemed like, you know, they were driving down the field. They were about to score. And then defensive lineman puts his hand up, tips the ball up, and then it falls into the, uh, into the hands of the defense. I mean, it seems like that kind of interception happens to Joe a little bit too often uh, in the NFL, but is it? You're not too worried about the five interceptions at this point, are you? No, I wouldn't say I'm worried at all. Like, look at his pass attempts, fellas. He's he's top. I believe yeah, he's top three in pass attempts this season. So when you're throwing the ball all over the yard like that and, and at that higher rate, you're going to expect some type of uh, some type of, of mistakes to happen at some point. They're relying on this rookie so heavily that honestly, I'm shocked. I'm shocked he has a higher touchdown-interception ratio in general, let alone him being as low as five interceptions. So I'm not that worried about that at all right now. I mean, Russ, do they have any shot at stopping Derrick Henry on Sunday? <laughs> That's the thing, guys. He <laughs> texted me this yesterday. He goes, everybody's talking about how good the run defense has been in the past two weeks, but I think that's just because teams realize they can throw it all over the Bengals, so right. they just haven't been running to run. And that's kind of my sentiment, too. Derrick Henry is, is probably going to obliterate this defensive line, guys. They just lost Carlos Dunlap, who is not a big big, uh, big outgoing factor. Only played 11 snaps this past weekend. Also, only 11 snaps for Geno Atkins as well, who is, there's an APB report out for him. We don't know what what he's doing or where he's been this season, even though he's uh, top five in salary on the team right now, but has not recorded a stat, fellas. Not a hurry, not a pressure, not even a tackle. So we need something more out of Geno Atkins or else, like, like what do they have? They got Christian Covington, and that's about it on the interior. A guy in Christian Covington who they traded for 
uh, with the Broncos this past or right before the season started, and the outgoing compensation was a practice squad linebacker. So it's it's hard to see a scenario where Derrick Henry doesn't have another beast mode king game type of uh, Marshawn Lynch King Henry performance out of the big uh, bruising running back. Yeah, and I always go back when when you're talking about Henry. I go back to the game against Buffalo. I mean, he just literally threw a guy right off of him. <laughs> he sent somebody airborne. This is a big guy running as fast as he can. and he yeah. He's a defensive end playing running back. Yeah, you cannot tackle this guy. And he's the first running back, guys, I can ever remember who has a, a posterizing mentality right. that he instills in the opposing defensive tacklers. There is a real reticence for these opposing tacklers you take him on in the open field, you can see the hesitation on the live broadcast <laughs> when he's in a one-on-one matchup past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's, he's got to be one of the better running backs in the league at this point, just based off of how much fear that he brings to the opposing team. Nobody wants to tackle him. Nobody wants to try to stop him. Uh, but it's a testament to him because he runs hard and he runs strong. Mm-hmm. And the Titans offense, we all know how efficient they are, how well-oiled machine they have going with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry as the one-two punch at quarterback and running back. And the big part of that has been the red zone scoring, which is elite so far. 80% touchdown rate in the red zone. They have scored 20 touchdowns on 25 trips inside the 20 this year. And the Bengals on the flip side, really bad. Really bad. Bottom 10 red zone defense in the NFL. They've given up 18 touchdowns on 25 opposing trips to the red zone. So that matchup alone spells bad things for the Bengals this weekend. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, Bengals are able to figure something out because I don't know if I can deal with another close loss here, Russ. It's you want to root for this team, you really want them to try to go out there and win, but it's it's getting to a point where you know you expect them to win. They're winning. They give you something to root about, and then seconds run off the clock. They're losing again. Um, but hopefully they turn things around, com- play a complete game, play complimentary football. I mean, that that was, I, I saw a quote out there somewhere, that was the most uncomplimentary football that they've ever played uh, You know, this past Sunday. So if they get the offense clicking like they have been and you get the defense going, I, I think it could be a pretty good game. Somebody sent me a gif a couple months back during the red season when they were like every game it was some other problem would pop up that was a strength the night before and it was just these leave levers going back and forth where you hit pitching batting base running and it would just go when when you hit up a base running lever the, the pitching lever would drop and so on and so forth and that's what it feels like for this Bengals team it feels like whenever they plug a hole in the sinking ship another one spouts open on the back side of the bow and they have to go run in to put their finger in that one only they'll let the original hole start spewing water once again they complimentary football is right guys if they don't play it this weekend they might get housed against the tennessee titans who are about as as complete on offense as you could ask for right and you know you mentioned the the defense has shown flashes to be competent at times this year i mean if you look at the the second half of the baltimore game the only touchdown allowed was a was a defensive one they did a very nice job you know slowing down the league mvp but then you just come out the next couple weeks and they just get you know it tore up i mean they've allowed over almost 800 yards passing in the last two weeks and while, the, while the offense is really humming. So, you know, it's just so tough because that really has been the thing. If they have, they just, they can't put it all together in one game. 
You're right about that, Joey. And and to me, it's kind of like when you look at the the games where they have played a true bona fide passer in the NFL this season, they've gotten housed. Week two against Baker Mayfield, true drop back passer, 35 points they get dropped on him. In large part because of his efficiency through the air and also the complimentary football that they played in the running game against the Bengals defense. Against the Ravens. They shut down Lamar Jackson because he's not really a true passer. He's, he doesn't have those true skills to sit back there and dice you up like a Phillip Rivers did the following week or a Baker Mayfield last week or even Gardner Minshew in, against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Carson Wentz had a decent showing against the Cincinnati Bengals, 255 yards and one touchdown, although they, they were able to intercept him twice in that game and probably the biggest reason why they tied that contest. But Wentz wasn't playing as well as he is right now the first couple weeks of the season. So to me, guys, that was really just kind of a mirage, a a matchup-based good performance of the Bengals' defense against the Ravens. And this is ultimately what I thought they'd be heading into the season. I said 5-11 football team. Joe Burrow's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to have arguably the greatest regular season by any rookie quarterback in NFL history. Yet the defense is going to be so bad that they're going to be in these huge shootouts. Joe Burrow's going to have to make one more miraculous play than the opposing uh, solid veteran quarterback. That's just not not happened so far this year, and it's a big reason why they sit at one win through seven weeks of the season. So, Russell, my final question for you here is, you know, just looking at the, the whole rookie of the year picture, we, we talked about, you know, Justin Herbert earlier, and, uh, you know, it. do you think he's going to be able to keep up this pace that he's been playing? Because, I mean, I mean, you know, He'd have those numbers just right up there with Burrow had he played, you know, the, the first couple weeks of the season, right? So it's just uh, it's impressive what these two rookies have done so far this season. So do you do you see this being kind of a you know back and forth who can show up the other one uh, as the weeks progress this season? That's what it feels like to me. When you look at Justin Herbert this year, fifteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, three interceptions, seventy four point four QBR, which ranks twelfth in the National Football League. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow has been right there with him. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions, 2,023 yards of his own. That's third in the entire National Football League, although his QBR much less efficient at a 57.2. But honestly, guys, I think the the lack of talent around Joe Burrow and on the flip side of the team looking at the defense compared to an L.A. Chargers team that coming into the year had a bona fide number one receiver, top five arguably, in Keenan Allen. Mike Williams was the go-to deep threat. They have discovered Darius Guyton, and then Hunter Henry was arguably top five tight end coming into the league, so coming into the season. So the Chargers were pretty well stocked with talent. And in my eyes, that just kind of, it kind of has helped facilitate the accelerated growth of Justin Herbert. We're a ways. Joe Burrow, you can make an argument, guys, is the best football player on this team right now outside of maybe Jesse Bates. And for the Chargers, Justin Herbert is getting up there but I don't even know if I'd have him top five on his own roster. Yeah, it's all about the talent that you have around you, and uh, we all know coming into the season that uh, they needed more than just a franchise quarterback and more than just a, uh, a rookie wide receiver to fix the holes that they have. But, Russ, we appreciate you joining the program. Look forward to talking to you next week, same time, and uh, hopefully we have a better football game to, uh, to kind of break down for you next week. I think it's going to be a good one this weekend, guys. Official prediction, I'll give it right here. 32-30 Titans. Bengals fall in another close one. 
Ryan Tannehill and, and the Tennessee crew get it done late. A very similar contest to what we saw. I thought you said this is another big one for old Joey. I thought you said this one's going to be a good prediction right here. It's a good football game. I'm looking for a win here again, guys. If if the if the south southeast Ohio uh, gambling contingent has been putting their money on their their boy their their patron Saint Joe Burrow, they've been making a lot of lot of it. He's five and two against the spread this year. That's right. I'm not rooting. I want. I'd like to see some wins. I'm not putting any money down. That is a cup. Five and a half right now is a line in that game. Uh, a lot of money going on the Titans, <laughs> and we all know you never follow the money. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll the see. Titans like to play some close games, fellas. That's true. Yeah. Goal contest. That's true. They do. They do. And no chance for Randy Bullock. You're not going to give him a, uh, a participation trophy for going out there and trying to kick, outkick the Titans. That's a that's a that's a fun. <laughs> just woeful matchup with this weekend between Fat Randy and, and Steven Gostkowski, who used to be an all-time kicker and will probably end up, I mean, he might end up making the Hall of Fame with, with the heroics he pulled off for New England, but he's hurting himself a right now. story in Tennessee. Yeah. 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 You got to know when, it, when to uh, you know, hang it up. And right now, yeah. it, it might be time for him. But, Russ, we appreciate yeah. your time on the program. Randy, Randy's been okay, though. He's, I think he's yeah. been over 80, yeah. 81% field goals this season. Exactly. So you like to see that, but I don't know. I'll just never trust Randy Bullock. Something about it. <laughs> After week one, uh, what do you mean you don't know what leg was hurting? <laughs> Come on, man. No, he knew. He just grabbed Randy Bullock on the injury line. report with uh, both cats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but only grabbed one of them. Well, they, both, the they, they both were a little tender just uh, at the time uh, of the press conference. The left one was the one that, that was hurting. Yeah. There you, there you go. Something like that. Russ, it's good having you on as always. Look forward to next week. All right, fellas, I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, Russ. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. You're listening to 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. At Ohio Health, we'd like to remind you that the health issues you faced before the pandemic haven't just gone away. That cancer screening you needed, well, you still need it. Your bad knee's not going to replace itself. And when life as you know it stopped, your medical needs didn't. It's time to take back your health safely. And just like always, Ohio Health is here to help you do it. Visit OhioHealth.com to find out more. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. 
This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's a sports fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by J&K Contracting. Mills on the mic, along with Joey Medor, taking you up until 7 o'clock today. Then CBS comes your way. Our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. It's good having Russ on. And, I mean, come on, <laughs> he called him Fat Randy. I mean, uh, listen, Randy Bullock, he's done a, a fine job, but after week one, He's lost the trust of everyone, even though he's he's done a fairly good job since then. But he misses a couple. He misses a field goal at the beginning of the year. Gets nicknamed Fat Randy. And nobody's got trust in the guy anymore. I, I feel bad for him because he's been a reliable kicker. Randy Bullock has been solid. He hasn't been a problem. Yeah, well, I, I think, think Russ's prediction comes from the fact that the, the Bengals' defense is so bad that they're never going to get the ball last because the defense will be the one that ends up blowing the game in the end. Oh, yeah. So, you know. It's not like Randy Bullock's going to get too many chances to go out there and try to win a game. I'm surprised he thought this game's going to be that close. I mean, the Bengals or the Titans, excuse me, have played in a lot of close games uh, this year, but you know they're coming off a tough loss. And uh, I mean, you know, they. Oh no, we'll see. It, it should be interesting. I mean, again, I don't see the bang, the Bengals' offense getting slowed down all that much. I think they'll be able to put up you know 24 to 28 points. But I just I just think the defense has been exposed for how bad it really is. Yeah, it, it's, it's the the defense needs to be fixed next year, right? I mean, that's writing's on the wall for that. I yeah, mean, I mean, you have Jesse Bates; he's a great player. Yeah, uh, but I mean, other than that, you just have no one who is consistently making plays on the defensive side of the ball. And you really need somebody who can. Um, and they need a lot of somebodies who can. They, yeah, you got one guy, one one guy out of eleven. You need ten more guys out there. A couple of those guys, maybe you need like five or six more guys. You know, I'm not saying everybody on that defense needs to be repaired, replaced, whatever. But you know, as long as you get, you need to improve. Uh, obviously, your passing defense needs to improve because that. Come on, Baker Mayfield's going to throw for uh, 290 plus on you, 22 straight or 20. What was it? 21, 22 straight completions out of him. Yeah, I mean, he went like 22 for his last 23. I believe the imp- in uh, the incompletion was a spike. So yeah, and and he was on his way, you know, to having the start of the Casey Keenum era. Yeah, that that's how bad Baker Mayfield had been over the past couple of weeks. He plays yeah. the Bengals and he, he's got a new life. Well, I mean, he he did throw a pick on his first pass once again. That was yeah. two weeks in a row, and then you know I was wide. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and it was an awful pass. I mean, you take a look at that pass again. He way underthrew Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. He, OBJ had the, he had the lead. I mean, he had a couple steps on whoever was defending him. He just got to float it up in there, and OBJ would have caught it. Right. Uh, but severely underthrown pass by Mayfield. But then he put it aside. You know, then then he looked like an NFL quarterback again. Then he looked like, he you know, somebody that that they drafted. Um, so he stepped up. You got to tip your cap there. But is that you know Mayfield's improving, or is that that defense just showing another glaring, glaring hole? I don't know. I mean, I'm a big Believer that if the Browns would have wanted to lose that game, their season would could have went downhill rather quickly. Uh, to be uh, if they would have been at four and three after a loss to a, a Bengals team that they're clearly more talented than, I'd have a feeling some of the some of the heads in the locker room might have started dropping. But uh, no, I mean Mayfield threw a dime to Peoples Jones to go win the game. I mean it was a great throw. Uh, yep. Not the guy you expect to beat you at the end, and the rookie 
uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, I mean, that's got to be a double whammy if you're an Ohio State and uh, a uh, Bengals fan because, uh, well, Peoples-Jones played for Michigan. So, Right. And it wasn't the, what was he, a six-round pick? Yeah, it was Donovan late six, the six-round pick, yeah. yeah. And uh, he could play. You know, he was, he's a talented receiver, wasn't highly touted. You know, obviously, you it's know, a very deep receiving yeah. uh, class this year in the draft as well. But, uh, you know, he wasn't anyone that was going to wow you with uh, his physical ability. But, yeah, he was in the right spot at the right time, made a heck of a catch. And uh, big win for for Cleveland, you know. Um, we'll see. I mean, they still haven't beaten anyone that you would say is an impressive win. Their best win is the Colts. Uh, I'm not exactly sold on the Colts this season. so No, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of people who are. I mean, they, they've won because the Colts don't have a, a very hard schedule, or at least they haven't gotten into a hard part of their schedule. Um, but, you know, the, with the Browns, they found a way to win the game. They've been winning a couple games, and it, they, they got two teams ahead of them right now with Baltimore and with the Steelers, and they, they, got, a, they got a little bit of a mountain to climb. Obviously, they got blown out by the Ravens, Earlier on in the year, uh, they haven't played the Steelers yet, but with that game, you know, coming up on the schedule for them, like it, it will be a big, big matchup for the Browns. If they could pass the Steelers, they give the Steelers their first loss of the season and take out the NFL's uh, last remaining undefeated team. Well, we got to see here. They play. Then you got to see play the Ravens on Sunday. The right. Steelers could lose that game. I mean. Right. But you know they're in a they're gonna have another tough test with with Vegas coming up here on Sunday. But you know if you go on to win that game and Baltimore you know loses to Pittsburgh, you know all of a sudden Cleveland's a, a half game better than Baltimore. That's six and two. Baltimore would be five and two, and then going into the uh, going into their bye week, which I believe is next week for Cleveland. Yeah, it is for Cleveland and Cincinnati next week, week nine. But yeah, so it's interesting. I mean Pittsburgh. And Baltimore, I mean, that's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to have a big impact on who probably ultimately will go on to win the division. Uh, but if you're Cleveland, you're definitely probably rooting for Pittsburgh this weekend because, you know, you're going to head into your bye week in second place in the division. And, you know, that's not a, that's not a place Cleveland is used to being after, after eight weeks of the season. Uh, I mean, it's been a while since they've been above 500 for as long as they've been, uh, which is good. I mean, the, the Browns needed – Stefanski has done a phenomenal job turning that, that – team around i mean he was just a competent coach i'll tell you that uh he, they had the talent around him last year kitchens wasn't the right guy they got stefanski in there and he's so far proven to be you know the right guy for the right job so you got the coach uh if, if your quarterback plays the way that he plays then you got your quarterback in mayfields but you have the rest you got the a defense that's a little bit shaky at times but you got your star player miles garrett he got that pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, he's just um, an absolute stud. Yeah, and, and you extended him, too. I mean, that, they made the right moves. They have the right guys around. Uh, the Browns can be a very talented team, but they, they need to step it up against the league's top-half teams like the, the Ravens, the Steelers. Um, and we'll see what the what the Bengals do. You know, we'll, we'll see how they uh, improve next year. Uh, not to throw this year away yet, but you know, they're going to have to. Yeah, turn a lot of the, things around. Just trading AFC for North, an offensive lineman isn't enough. The AFC North, specifically the top three teams, because you know, let's face it, Cincinnati's not in. Not this is a three horse race here. Um, the the weird thing about the AFC North is a lot of them, outside of the Ravens, have to play Tennessee again, um, or not again. They have to play them this year. The Steelers have the Bills later on in the season. 
a lot of this division's toughest games coming down the stretch are going to be when they play each other. Because they got the they got the AFC South, so they get to play the Jags, the Colts, you know. The Steelers already got past the Titans. They get to play the Texans, who a few of them have already played, too. Um, they get to play the NFC East, which we all know how terrible that is. So, really, the AFC North coming down the stretch here is their biggest matchups are going to be when they end up facing each other because those are going to be the best teams they end up playing throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's, again, that's why it's important to win those games now, put yourself in a better position to where you have that tough competition at the end of the year, and you can maybe lose a game or two you know, when, when you have you know, that, that competition. But if you set yourself up nicely now, prepare now, you don't have to worry about it later on. You've got to go in there. You've got to compete. But you, you can afford to have a loss or two uh, down the stretch when that, that competition gets a little bit tougher. But, again, you've got to go out there and do it. Uh, we'll take another short break right here on the Sportsman. Uh, the game, uh, Wisconsin. And Nebraska, that game got canceled as more COVID-19 positive cases in Wisconsin uh, have canceled that game. Um, I don't know if that counts for a win as Nebraska in this Big Ten schedule, but you know, if, the, if Big Ten has to cancel more than than this, uh, this week's game, then that, that could be a little bit troublesome. But we'll talk about it. We'll break it down. Uh, you're listening to the Sportsman on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. That's 800-323-0633. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 at 97. Point one FM, W-A-T-H. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC 
Project Rise. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. It's a sports fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Bill's on Mike alongside Joy Medor up until 7 o'clock today as, again, sports fan presented by JK Contracting. Number nine, Wisconsin cancels their game against Nebraska as Chris tested positive. Wisconsin has canceled its scheduled game at Nebraska on Saturday and paused all team activities for at least seven days after a dozen people with the program, including Coach Paul Christ, had tested positive for COVID-19. School officials said Athletic Director Barry Alvarez and Chancellor Rebecca Blank made the decision in consultation with Big Ten officials. The game with Nebraska will not be rescheduled. So if it's not going to be rescheduled, one team catches COVID. This is going to be a huge mess, man. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, the Big Ten rules also, you know, any player has to sit out 21 days who, who ends up testing positive. I just, it, you know, it's just so unencouraging after it happened week one to one of the, to one of the best teams they had in the conference. First it was their quarterback, now head coach, and all these other guys have it too. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you have a lot of guys on a college roster, so theoretically you could be able to get back in and play. But, you know, how are you going to figure it out? If How are you going to figure out who's going to the Big Ten championship game if one team's 5-0 and one team's 6-0? and I mean, you know, it's just – it's going to be tough. Uh, and it's just, just a little disheartening to know that it took one week for them to already start having issues with, with the virus. Yeah, exactly. How do you just – what did you do from week one to week two? I mean, you made it this far. You know, how did you not uh, keep on following protocol? I mean, maybe it's just by sheer luck. Maybe it's by passing. Maybe, you know, I don't know how they got it. And it's unfortunate that they do get it. And, of course, you hope that they make a speedy recovery, you know, and all that. But, you know, you're in the middle of trying to do something. You're in the middle of trying to, to play a college football season that was suspended. You, did, you put in all this effort. You put in all this work. And then it's all going to go for nothing because... Now you got to sit out for three weeks. Now you have to, you know, do the 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 COVID test more than you needed to. Like it's it's just, it's a mess. And hopefully this is an isolated incident where you can just go out and play the football game next week. It's a one week off. You figure it out after that. Because if not, I don't know if the Big Ten can can continue going. You know, yeah, it's. it's and, I mean, I we, we talked about this being an issue, them starting so late. You have no wiggle room to try and make up games, whereas the other conferences that started at the end of August, early September, they were able to cancel games and reschedule them for a little bit later because they had some a little bit of a grace period there. But now you don't have that in the Big Ten because everything started so late and you just got to go and hope nothing happens. Well, Something happened, and, uh, you know, they didn't really seem to have a plan for it because they just, they just, uh, the plan is to just cancel the game and <laughs> move on, I guess, try to pl- try again next week, shut down your facility for a week and all that. But, yeah, it's just, you just 
would have hoped they had more of a plan in place that, you know, isn't that the reason why they were, you know, canceled for so long so that they could figure out a plan to have for when this happened. And then, you know, when it does happen, it just seems to all go up in flames uh, rather quickly. Right. And not only so we said you're going to get into it, but yet so they, they were supposed to use this time to get a plan. Right. And they don't have a plan. They don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they have the protocols in place, but, you know, having something written down and actually following it, two different things. And, of course, with the MLB last night, uh, Justin Turner, again, I was happy for him. And if I was in a situation, I might have even done the same thing. But Turner got pulled from the baseball game last night in the World Series. As we got a call up on the, uh, the sportsman right now. Caller, you are live. Caller, are you there? Check one, check two. Yeah, and we're, we're kind of running out of time anyway to really take a call here. Right. But still, I mean, Justin Turner goes into, uh, he gets pulled. He has tested positive for coronavirus. And then it, he goes back out onto the field. He's hoisting the World Series trophy. He's you know, with his teammates with the mask off and everything. I mean, in that situation, you know, you work your life to make it to that point to be in the World Series and to hoist that trophy. But still, you know, now, now you're sick. Now you're at risk the entirety of the Dodgers and of the Tampa Bay Rays, who are now going to go back to their homes and families because now you're done with the whole bubble situation and now you're done with the whole World Series. Uh, so it's in the moment you would have liked for him to have that moment. But after everything that, that's been happening, how can you? Yeah, they kind of just seem to sweep that one under the rug there. Um, I'm also confused how he was allowed to start playing, but if they if he ended up having a, a positive COVID test, I don't know. There's a lot of weird variables that that happened with the whole Turner situation. I mean, him being allowed to celebrate with the team is another one, but uh, yeah, it's just one that it's kind of been swept under the rug, really. Yeah, it it is what it is. Luckily, I wasn't there. Luckily, you weren't there. Hopefully, nobody was. Got infected. Hopefully, uh, enjoy the show. Great talking to Russ Altman. Great having Joey back on the program. And we'll come your way next, 6.06 tomorrow. This is Connor Mills signing off. CBS News is next. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.